Acting Leader for the Nationals, as well as Minister for Agriculture and Northern Australia, David Littleproud. Thank you very much for talking to us here at Karma. Yeah, thanks for having me. This morning, you'll be announcing a number of new appointees to the Northern Australian Indigenous Reference Group. I was wondering if we could maybe just start a little bit about the work that this group, reference group has done in the past. I understand it was established in 2017. Yeah, it was, and it was there to give direct um, feedback and consultation to the government, and particularly the Minister for Northern Australia, around the role that Indigenous Australians can play in making sure that that economic opportunity uh, was given to them as much as anyone else. Uh, Indigenous Australians uh, are 15% of Northern Australia's population. And the exciting thing about this is that they're also a very young cohort when you compare it to the rest of the population. They're younger than the, than the average. Mm. So we think the opportunity, and particularly where we've got a real constraint on Northern Australia around skills, is that we can look to develop our First Nations people, particularly the young to get opportunity there, and that's what this Indigenous Reference Group will do. And uh, sadly, I've got to admit that um, previous uh, previous ministers had let this group slide, and I felt when I was uh, made Northern Australia Minister in July this year that I had to reinvigorate this. Uh, we consulted with the previous board and, and looked to, to reinvigorate with some new names, and I'm proud to say that Colin Saltmere will, uh, will chair this but he will chair a group uh, that has representations from every state. Um, and that's an important thing in making sure that we get that representation and also in terms of the skills. The skills are very important. We've had a skill-based matrix that we've looked for. So those that we've put into this group will bring a unique skill to the board uh, that will help advise myself and Ken Wyatt. What type of feedback are you wanting to hear from the new group? And is there any specific industries that you wish this target, this group will want to target? Yeah, so it's important, I thought, for the first time that the Northern Australian Minister actually have the Indigenous Affairs Minister also part of this consultation process. So Ken White and I will be regularly meeting with this group. And so it's important that it's a whole of government, just not uh, looking at specific uh, industries and infrastructure in Northern Australia, but making sure that Ken's linked into this so that he can support and bring in other departments as required. So what we're looking this group to advise us on, what are the economic drivers that'll drive... Uh, the economic dials for uh, first Australians up there and how do we make that work and actually things that are tactile, how it feeds into the Northern Australia Infrastructure Fund or how it falls into a lot of the other uh, development programs that we've got going at the moment and, and overlay our overall plan, which is understanding what those economic drivers are, where are the regions of growth and, and where our first Australians can play a role in that. You mentioned that you're intending to meet with the group regularly. How regularly? Uh, Ken and I have given the, the group a commitment that every quarter mm. we'll get feedback from them. And in fact, their first meeting is on Wednesday. And so uh, I'm looking forward to catching up with them uh, and being able to, to engage with them immediately. But I, I think that if we are to give this currency as a government, uh, we needed to make it bipartisan. And those that I put on the group, I consulted both sides of the political aisle both at federal and state level, to make sure that we got the very best skills that met that skills matrix that we're looking for. And so I think we've got, uh, we've got now a structure 
that no matter what happens after the next federal election, there's a legacy that will be maintained. And particularly if you've got not just the Northern Australia minister plugged into it, but you've got the Indigenous Affairs minister also plugged into it, means that it will have currency across uh, many portfolios, not just Northern Australia, but infrastructure, education, health, um, understanding that if we don't have a whole of government approach and we get away from a cookie cutter approach of the Canberra approach and get a more local approach, if we get the advice of how to do that from particularly the IRG that we've created here, I think we can get better outcomes. If I may, I'd like to also look at the territory and there are a number of Territorians on this new uh, reference group, Tara Craigie and Jerome Kubilo, both of them are very prominent uh, people in their own industries. Uh, Tara's been involved with the Cattlemen's Association. Jerome's been is the, a director at the Larrakia Nation, has worked in the non-for-profit sector. I, I'd like to get your p- specific thoughts in terms of regarding the territory, the Northern Territory, as to what uh, you'd like to see from both of them. And uh, obviously with Tara on the reference group, there'll be a focus on, you know, enhancing agriculture and you being a minister for agriculture. That's something that you are obviously got an interest in. Yeah. And look, I'm, I'm yet to meet Tara, but I, um, I, I do know Jerome and I've got to say, um, I've been very, very, very impressed by him, his attitude, his vision uh, for First Nations people in, in the Northern Territory. Uh, I met him probably some six months ago, just after I became minister and I think he understands what are those economic drivers that will help shift the dial for his people. Uh, and he's passionate about it. And he uses this thing called common sense. Uh, so he was very much one that I'd slated from the moment I'd met him uh, that needed to be on this group. Uh, I believe that he has a real appreciation of what are those economic drivers. And I know that Tara coming from the agricultural sector will complement that. Uh, between the two, Jerome's got a very strong business sense uh, and experience in what he's doing in Darwin. But Tara with the agricultural sense will complement that. So I think the other really exciting thing is that they're both young. And, and that's reflective of the demographic of First Nations people in Northern Australia. And that's what I think is very important. This is about them being able to leave that legacy I just talked about for their own people, about making sure that they are feeding in those economic drivers that will shift the dial on the skills, on the infrastructure, the basic infrastructure that they need, the the, the, uh, amenities of of, of health that they should have. So we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just trying to make sure that we get rid of the roadblocks that invariably happen um, when you get government departments run from Canberra. And this is why this group, and with the passion of Jerome and Tara, I'm pretty confident the Territory is going to get, get a, a fairly good uh, look at what is the future opportunities for Northern Australia uh, right there in the Territory. I think the exponential growth will come in the Territory. Uh, and I think if we can work with our Territory and state governments, it'll happen quicker. And I think if you've got a, a powerful group that has currency in the community, then governments of all persuasions will, will try to get out of their way and facilitate that vision, that that actual um, ideal of what we want to try and achieve for, for First Nations people in Northern Australia. There can be challenges with Aboriginal Territorians in terms of getting roles, uh, particularly if they're from remote communities. I also make reference to the Cattlemen Association's uh, Real Jobs Program, where they actually identified uh, a challenge being kids from remote communities being away from family. And that, that really is a big barrier for them to try and jump over when try, when getting into employment. Will the group look at such issues and see how roles 
can be on country as much as possible? Yeah, and I think this is where the opportunity presents itself, is that most of the landscape, particularly in the Territory, is owned by First Nations people. Um, so that's, that opens up significant opportunity. And what we need to do is make sure that that opportunity is uh, translated into an economic benefit uh, while respecting the traditional ways and, and much of the country that is that has uh, that emotional attachment that needs to be respected. And so that's where I think this group can partner with many industry groups, whether it be the cattle industry, whether it be the emergence of cotton or different industries, grains, uh, that you can partner with the expertise of some of those industries and in making sure that the development of country is sustainable but respects but respects the, the traditional owners in, in terms of uh, what is what is that connection to country. And I think that's where the ownership is so important to be translated. And I think industry can advise about the techniques, but our First Nations people know the country. And it's their country, so how they, how they translate that economic benefit um, into, into making sure it continues to respect uh, that, that emotional attachment is very, very important. And I think this is where the IRG group can get it right and, and make sure that we look at some of those things we've done in the past and not, not just stagnantly say, well, we're just going to do the same thing. If, it, if there needs to be tweaks, well, then I think that's where we've got to be big enough to say, well, let's adjust programs. And let's not just be stagnant. If there are things that we can adjust and, and change that will have better impacts, that will respect our First Nations culture, then that's what we should do as a government. And just because it doesn't tick a box in Canberra, uh, but uh, it, it makes sense, well, then we should just get on with it and support um, the running of that at a local level. And that's why it's important to have local input. And that's why this IRG is so important, to get this Indigenous Reference Group entwined in, in, in our decision-making processes. What role does this group play in terms of the new co-design measures that Minister Wyatt announced earlier this year to replace the CDP, or Community Development Programme? Well, I think there'll be another cog in the wheel, and obviously it's important that, that and not being the, the Indigenous Affairs Minister, I'll, I'll let uh, Minister White uh, work through that. But that's why I'm plugging in Minister White into all of the things that I'm doing in Northern Australia for First Nations people. I think it's important I do that because otherwise it's disjointed, and I think it's important that this will this will play um, another another cog in the wheel in trying to make sure we get those mechanisms and, and other mechanisms right. And, and so... Uh, it'll be broader consultation in terms of what does that look like from an economic sense. And that's really what this group's looking for, just basically straight out from an economic sense of how that plugs into Northern Australian programs and, and how that can overlay with, with the other programs that are going on. And that's why I think the fact that I brought Ken into this is so important. Otherwise, I'll be creating another silo uh, that, isn't, that isn't actually working in concert with other other programs and other groups that have already been set up and have have, have established uh, much of the achievement of what we've been able to get so far. Mr Little Pratt, I won't keep you for much longer, but I just want to ask you a couple of questions on another issue um, in regards to the Beetaloo Basin. Um, traditional owners have voiced concern over potential health and social issues for Aboriginal communities over fracking. The federal government recently awarded grants to start exploration. What assurances can you give uh, in regards to the health of Aboriginal ter Territorians can be safely guarded when fracking starts to be explored? Yeah, look, I can give a lived one. So um, I'm from southwest Queensland, and uh, we've had the Surat Basin 
uh, up and going for some years now. And there was great concern when they came into southwest Queensland, the gas industry. Uh, and the gas industry, I've got to say, at that point in time was not mature enough to understand the, not only uh, the, the concerns of First Nations people, but even primary producers. Uh, and they've learned a lot from that. And I think uh, what we have also learned is about making sure that we understand the science of what they are doing as well. And the science um, has, over the last 10 10 plus years that we've had uh, gas in in uh, the Srap Basin, we've seen that the science is demonstrating that it can be done sustainably. But we need to make sure, and, and I'm confident that if we continue to engage with some of these companies, and they do it in a practical way, in engagement with First Nations people, like they they started to eventually after they were forced to in the Srap Basin, mm. I think we can get the balance right. But there has to be that level of respect to start with. And I think these companies uh, that, that go up there, they need to make sure they're engaging with, with our First Nations, and particularly around the opportunities that lay there for them, because uh, it is important to understand uh, that if, if they can get comfort with the science um, and, and see it in the lived experiences I have in my own part of the world, uh, then there are opportunities, but they need to be part of those opportunities. And, and they can't have people uh, that, that are just simply flown in and flown out I think the opportunities lay there uh, for our First Nations people to be the ones to help develop this and, ha and share in that wealth, not just more broadly, but in jobs. And I think that's the important thing. But, but those First Nations and traditional owners need to make sure they get comfort with, with the process and the science. And just as someone has lived it myself and my hometown of Chinchilla, uh, we've seen a transformation there um, economically and socially for, as a result of it. I'd also like to bring you to some concerns that Senator Malandiri McCarthy says she has over the process regarding the giving of these grants to some of these fracking companies who will start exploring in the region. Uh, these grants were ticked off by Keith Pitt and uh, despite him making the decision, the Senate Environment Committee heard that there could be some conflicts of interests between uh, the companies who received the grants and Energy Minister Angus Taylor over him attending a fundraising event put on by some of these uh, fracking companies. Um, Selinda Malandiri McCarthy says that some of these processes are questionable. This process doesn't look good for the National Party, don't you think, Mr Littleproud? Uh, look, I think what you've got to understand is that's more scaremongering than fact. Uh, the reality is, is um, that any grant that's run by the federal government, there is a competitive process, one in which um, was used even when Labor was last in, and in fact has been strengthened since Labor was last in government. So what happens is that there is an independent panel um, that is set up to make assessments, and, and every proponent is scored so that there is transparency about who should be awarded and who shouldn't. So they simply have to they have to meet um, certain requirements and then it is a competitive process whereby um, the, they are they are assessed individually um, by an independent panel not by the minister and in fact what happens then is that independent panel makes a recommendation to the minister so unless there is something glaring nine times out of ten the minister will sign off um, on what the panel the independent panel ha has assessed and in this case as I understand it was done exactly the same and that's a process that's been in place for some time. And I think it's important that as politicians, no matter your political persuasion, that we are honest and transparent with people. But we don't we don't create unnecessary anxiety when 
we all are cognizant of the processes that are put in place to make sure that there is transparency uh, and fairness in any of these grants programs. Because it is Australian taxpayers' money. It's your money. And we need to make sure that we're spending it wisely uh, and fairly. Mr Littleproud, lastly, uh, I watched this morning on many morning TV shows the uh, coverage over the opening of the border to Queensland. And I understand that you are currently in Queensland as well after travelling <laughs> over the border too. Um, get your thoughts a little bit about, you know, just the fact that people now are able to travel quarantine-free uh, to Queensland. Oh, look, um, I've been locked out for four or five weeks, so I'm, I'm going to see my family for the first time um, today. Uh, which is something quite exciting. But, uh, you know, the only way we're going to be able to get on and to live as normal life as we possibly can um, is to have vaccines and to get um, a high percentage of the population vaccinated. Now, I've always believed that we should still have choice uh, and, and what you put in your body should be your choice. Uh, but these vaccines are safe. They've been proven to be safe. And they're the only thing that's going to get us um, opened, opened up to the Territory, to Queensland and right around. And, and until we actually are able to do that, then our country is not going to be as good as it can. And so it's important that each and every one of us um, put our arm out, get the jab, um, and get on with life uh, because we can't live under the Duna forever. We're going to have to come back as a nation. We're better as a nation together, not not uh, locked away by borders. And so, um, you know, I know it's been tough and I think the premiers and chief ministers right across the country have done a pretty good job. Um, some of them have gone a little bit overboard in my mind, but as a whole, I think we should say that we've done a good job, but it, there's got to be a line in the sand where we say that's it. We're, we're, now, we're now moving forward. We're not looking backwards. And I think we're now hitting that. And I think uh, I think Australians are ready for it. And as a, as a Queenslander who's just got home and had to live in New South Wales for the last four or five weeks, I can tell you I'm ready for it too. Bit of sunshine. David Littleproud, thank you very much and have a great festive season. You too. Merry Christmas to you and all your, all your listeners.